defined as a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? Sunglasses. Bicorn. Smallmouth bass. Wow. Bowling pin. Ah, ah. trap. Rubber chicken. Little to the left. That's it. I don't know. Any eyeball glasses? I've never seen those before in my life. Bazooka? I have a permit for that. Picture of Kellaway's wife. What? Uh-oh. Margaret! You son of a bitch! Jeez, I figured you had a sense of humor. After all. You married her! Ah! That's gotta hurt. Get him! Doyle! morning, TDRS picked up an automated navigation beacon broadcasting at two-minute intervals in Neptune orbit. Neptune orbit. This is incredible. It's the event horizon. She's come back. The event horizon is the culmination of a secret government project to create a spacecraft capable of faster-than-light flight. The ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. Where has she been for the last seven years, Doctor? That's what we're here to find out. After seven years in deep space... There were 18 people on board this ship when it disappeared. I want them all accounted for. Opening outer door. It came back abandoned. Any crew? Negative. This place is a tomb. But it didn't come back.
like a fried egg? It's out of sheer morbid curiosity, I'm allowing this freak show to continue. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. One. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Inside Movies Galore. I am uh, one of your ho uh, hosts, but, uh, but tonight we are going to uh, go on about a serious film called Event Horizon. And it is a 1997 uh, uh, film directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, or otherwise known as Paul Anderson. Right. I figured I'd go, uh, give you a small synopsis that uh, uh, IMDb has here. You've, uh, let's see. Um, so basically, the, the film is this. We have a scientist uh, who was played by Sam Neill. Um, who has created a machine that's in a ship that has disappeared. Uh, and uh, basically he's uh, scrambled a team together to go and find the sh uh, ship. And where it's come back from, we don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um... Why don't we go over to, um, well, Kim, uh, you haven't been on with us for a while. Why don't you tell me your first impression of this uh, film and uh, um, what your th uh, first thoughts on it are? On it. Um, well, I saw this sometime. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I saw this sometime in high school, and I, I just, it was, the, I, I, I don't know what it was about that about it at the time is just it was scary because I think this is it was just after Jason X came out. Of course we have the whole like grunge electronica like rave type music and even some movies that were coming out at that time. But I was like, oh my God, this is freaking scary. Like the whole idea that because I was fascinated with space. Um, I think this is after they sent John Glenn back into space for some weird ass reason. And so I think what? It was about a year before that. What the movie or the uh, uh, uh John, no, a year before John Glenn went, went into space. Okay. So I was like, okay, so I started becoming more fascinated about space at the time. Um I remember asking my mom, like, do you remember like the space race and uh, you know, Gemini and Mercury and all that stuff. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. She was, you know, probably something about it. So, of course, I became fascinated, you know, this is years after Star Trek and stuff like that. And this idea that we'd have a spaceship that went faster than the speed of light, and then this movie came out, and then I watched, and I was like, you know what? I'm good. I I don't want to go into space anymore. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know alien... Alien and then aliens didn't quite do it, and then this movie went. Mm -mm, mm -mm, I'm good. I will say my, my black ass well, right here on Earth. If I remember correctly, Sam Neill's character he said, uh, 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 "His ship 
uh, could go from the point of A to B and not realize all that in between, you know, and, uh, and uh, the backlash, the backlash of doing that uh, yeah. is basically what we get here. <laughs> right. Well, Sam Neill's character, if you want to go into a science fiction realm, he was almost like a modern day version of Frankenstein, of Victor Frankenstein. Right. And Event Horizon was his monster. And David, damn you with that damn cigarette, because I am three and a half years smoke free. <laughs> he, he reminded me a lot in this one of, um, he reminded me a lot of his Alan Grant character from Jurassic Park, but much darker. And you're right, Frankenstein's a pretty good comparison. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Alan Grant would have had enough sense to be like, yeah. Let's not take it there. He would, he would, because even he realized, remember the conversation, yeah. I hate to derail it, but just remember the conversation between him, um, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum, yeah. when they're talking about the chaos of mm -hmm. creating dinosaurs that had, had their chance, and it's like millions of years in the future, even he was like, you know what, this is probably not a good idea. I don't yeah. feel like his character from Jurassic Park would agree with his character from Event Horizon, because no. his character in Jurassic Horizon, he never once thought, he, even, he never really dreamed that the ship would go to those depths. Mm. And then he became, well, crazy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, his mannerisms, the way he delivered a lot of the lines, really reminded me. I mean, you know, Sam Neill, Sam Neill, but it just it hit <laughs> yeah. me hard. It hit me hard, like Alan Grant, a lot of times. But you're right. He drank that Frankenstein Kool-Aid. I mean, that's definitely, he was, he was a whole different mindset. <laughs> Speaking to you, uh, um, what, did, what were your first impressions of this film? Was this a first time watch for you? It was definitely a first-time watch, and my first impression was, how cool is it seeing Alfred so foul-mouthed and younger? Because <laughs> he got Oh, yeah, because he yeah. was in, um... In Gotham, yeah. Gotham, yes! <laughs> yes. Hey, wait, wait, you just saw this recently? Yeah, I just saw it. Um, what? And... It was also, you know, some other familiar faces, too. You got Jason Isaacs in there, and of course, Lawrence Fishburne, and, you know, you got a really good cast. And that was one of my biggest things, was I really did feel that the cast was well-chosen. They did a really good job. Um, I didn't mean to knock Sam Neill before. I like him as an actor, and I think he did good with the role. Uh, and once he really, really went evil, he played it well. <laughs> um... I, obviously there were scenes I didn't care for. There were parts of the movie where I wasn't really watching it. Um, so that happened. But luckily a lot of the worst scenes were like flash cut. And I hate flash cutting, but since I wasn't really watching the screen, it didn't bother me. <laughs> um, and then my secondary impression, I had not looked into, I knew the name Paul Anderson was familiar I did not realize this was the follow-up to Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I love that. Nice. And Brandon, you were talking about those Resident Evil movies. I believe those are the three movies that this director did. The Afterlife, Retribution, and Final Chapter. Is that the ones you meant? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that was this director. So that was a yeah. fun tie-in. He, he didn't do Resident Evil too. No. So. Hmm? <laughs> What's up? Animated one. Oh. 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 Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. Well, still Resident Evil, a good tie-in to our previous discussion. Check that out. <laughs> but um, and uh, yeah, I'm just. Uh, it was good. I. The, it did do a good job creating a basic sense of dread. Like, it was a really creepy movie. I will give it that. And, yeah. <laughs> As for myself, um, I came at the, uh, this. Um, I, I knew that it, I knew the name, uh, but I didn't see it when it came out. Um, I, I actually saw it a couple of years ago when my fiance turned me on to, uh, on to it. And I, I went into it the first time um, th uh, knowing that, uh, that it was not well received at the time um, and the fact that, uh, that it was a Hellraiser ripoff. So, uh, so, uh, so, and this was probably at a time that I wasn't reviewing, uh, uh, viewing uh, uh, movies at, at that point in uh, time, at least as deeply, and uh, and came to a real realization that, you know, um, that even though it has Hellraiser vibes, I think it is kind of its own thing, you know? I mean, and that's what I gained from my second viewing of it recently. To, uh, uh, to me, I I definitely got a pinhead vibe from uh, uh, from the initial character that Sam Neill eventually became when he was praised. Uh, and because you get these flashbacks of, you know, torture, um, I, I don't get a Lovecraftian feel of it because of these torture scenes. I get more of the Hellraiser uh, 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 vibe when it comes to those hellish um pain and pleasure points that you uh, that you get throughout the Hellraiser series. And I and I, I want to get to a uh, forest. Um uh, uh, forest uh, what wh what were your first um feelings on this film? Okay, so um I didn't see this one my carrying I was only 9 years I was only 9 years old when it came out. Um uh, but I did but I did catch it but about, I caught it about a year later on 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 TV when I was about 10. Um I, by that time, I had already seen the. First, I had already watched the Alien movies, so uh, I was so uh, I got, you know had kind of got, got. I definitely got that vibe. Watch that. Definitely got that vibe. Watch that vibe. Watching it. Um, actually, since you mentioned Hell, you, the, you mentioned it being a Hellraiser ripoff. I actually found this to be a better Hellraiser in space movie than Hellraiser Bloodline was. And I, I definitely, I really liked, like the. I mean, granted, I was, granted, I was, you know, watching it, you know, just to, watching earlier today. I noticed that some of the special effects don't hold up. Um, but I definitely like the, you know, that that uh, very, there's like that very claustro, you know, that claustrophobic feel of uh, movies like Event Horizon, Alien. Um, just the end. It's. Uh, Wow, uh, I can't lose my train of thought yet. Maybe 2001, A Space Odyssey. Level one, yeah, there's that sense of, like, uh, of, like, <laughs> of, like, claustropho of, like, claustrophobia and constant dread. Uh, or persistent dread. 
But overall, I'm a, oh, and I, overall, I would say this. I this, for me, this is probably Paul W. S. Anderson. Not a really director that I've ever been a huge fan of. I mean, to me, I mean, Alien vs. Predator is one of my bottom five movies of all time. My bottom five movies of all time. Hmm. Uh, but I do, you know. But for me, you know, I would say this and Mortal Kombat are are his two his like his two best work, his two best movies. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, uh, how about you, uh, Justin? Uh, what, what what were your uh, thoughts on this? Was this your first time seeing it? Well, so, uh, over the summer, there was a lot of buzz when Shout Factory announced this as one of their upcoming Blu-ray releases. Uh, so, I pre-ordered it, and it was supposed to arrive in time uh, for our show, but then it got delayed all the way back to January. <laughs> uh, so, this was the first time I saw it. Uh, and I really wish that Blu-ray is here because I'd really like to learn more about it. So I I got definite Lovecraft vibes from this movie. Um, I I was actually calling it Lovecraft in space. I mean, it did become kind of Hellraiser. It did become pretty Hellraiser-y near the end. Uh, but I think the Lovecraftian like cosmic dread is still there. So I would call this a Lovecraftian movie. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was pretty great. Uh. Definitely some surprisingly graphic stuff in there. Uh, as the ship becomes an entity unto itself. <laughs> um, I thought we were going to, I thought it was going to turn into like an alien ripoff. Uh, but like I thought the ship was gonna be full of creatures. Yeah. But we got a pretty we got a pretty pleasant surprise. So I'm I was really happy with it. I want to say that um, there's another movie that uh, that this somewhat similarly reminds me of. Uh, if anyone knows a movie called Sphere, oh yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. yes, I love it. Dave, are you looking at the IMDb page? Because no. more like this, Sphere is the one they have highlighted. <laughs> no, I actually do not have the IMDb page even in front of me. Me and my fiance were actually talking to each other that it it was kind of like a a, a a a mixture of like Sphere and Hellraiser put together. So they've, to, uh, they've got they've got Sphere, Hellraiser, The Abyss, Pitch Black, Pandorum, and I can't tell what that other one is, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Sphere is uh, based on a Michael Crichton book. So I've actually read the book and seen the film and. It, that's another one that didn't get a lot of love. I thought it was a perfectly decent film, but it was a better book. Well, uh, there, was, were, were, there were definitely some production issues with uh, mm -hmm. with this film, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. um, I, I believe that uh, they had pro uh, problems with uh, uh, some of the actors. I, th I, I think at the t uh, t uh, time they were uh, getting sick, uh, uh, sick at one mm. uh, at uh, one point in uh, time, and I and I think they ultimately cut it extremely uh, because evidently Titanic was pushed back even fur uh, uh, further to like January of the following year, um, and so they were rushing Paul Anderson to get this film done. And well, this got uh, cut a lot, mainly not just because of schedule. It got cut a lot because of the rating. Um, mm -hmm. 
Paul Anderson and Paul W. You know what we're going to call him. You know, because right now I'm listening to Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker for my YouTube channel. And that, I feel, Event Horizon definitely took a lot from Hellraiser. And it's like, you know, Paul Anderson, he thought he was Clive fucking Barker, right? I'm sorry, I'm cursing. But he thought he was Clive Barker. And he wanted some rather uh, graphic and extreme things in the original cut. And they filmed it. And that was one of the reasons it got cut the way it did. Is because he was like, you know what? Gore? Fuck it. Let's do this shit. Oh! You know, anal rape? Let's do that shit. Oh, well, sorry, trigger warning. You know, ripping limbs off? Let's do that shit. You know, it's like, oh, Hellraiser was not extreme enough? Bitch, I'm gonna do it even better. <laughs> <laughs> and then he somehow forgot, because I want to I'm misremembering, but I feel like this came out either after or around the same time that Showgirls came out. <laughs> in the area that my husband, Brandon, and then, of course, also Jacob, the area that we live in, they made a huge ass deal at the time about showgirls. Oh, oh yeah, they did. Meeting an NC seventeen, and so of course the dreaded NC seventeen rating. They didn't want that for Event Horizon, so they cut a lot of shit out. Yeah, get the R rating. Normally, normally directors have a standard of ten week editing period to produce the first yeah. film. Uh, and uh, that's guaranteed by the Directors Guild of America. But uh, due to, to the short production schedule of the film, and uh, uh, apparently the release date was rapidly coming closer, uh, I mean, even the principal photography had not yet finished before the film was re uh, released. Um, and he was given a, a period of six weeks to do this and delivered the film by August of 1997. And this was for Paramount. And they wanted a hit film before uh, Titanic in January. So, uh, so, you know, it was just... Uh, he still had to shoot two weeks of the second unit um, before, you know, post-production. Um, but... Uh, it, 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 they basically took the rough cut of the uh, film, and, uh, and uh, he had to cut a stream amount. And then, of course, uh, be, uh, after the initial release of the DVD, um, evidently it became a surprise hit on home video. Um, they tried to assemble a director's cut, and they realized that they lost a lot of the footage. Oh. But going over to Brandon <laughs> and your well, first <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm going to be honest. Like I was one of those people that because the movie came out when I was still in high school. I'm obviously like older now, and for years we've been talking about this director cut. You know, anyone who's a true cinephile of certain films, they know that the director cut, the cut that did not make it to theaters, that is a cut that is the creme de la creme, and for years. Almost, well, over 20 years at this point, we've been hearing about there, there's a director's cut of Event Horizon um, that was more extreme. And back when IMDb was a bigger thing than it is fucking now, 
you know, IMDb message boards and shit like that. Mm-hmm. We've been hearing about this director's cut that at this point now, here we are over 20 years later, it ain't fucking happening. Because in the days before DVD, they fucked up with the archiving. And to this day, I'm still trying to fucking wonder how did they end up with some fucking footage found in the salt mine and across <laughs> the fucking Vania? How did that shit happen? Like, well, what? One of what? the, what one of the things. Like, it's not the footage and said, <laughs> You want your shit? I want my paycheck. I'm gonna go to a salt mine in fucking Romania or Transylvania. You won't find me here, nigga. Ah! <laughs> Who did that? Like, what the fuck? I was like, that does not make sense. This is some goddamn... This is not a film that was made a hundred years ago. This is a film made in my lifetime. Not just my lifetime, but... Mm-hmm. In my lifetime, when I was self-aware, and I was like, how did this shit happen? <laughs> and you're telling me this shit is so fucked up, you cannot crack together a, a reasonable cut from that? Apparently well, not. That was, um, that was what a lot of the excitement about the Shout Factory Blu-ray was about. Um, I think they might have actually found at least some of that footage. Uh, Paul Anderson has said that because of the the fact of the footage they did find over the last few years, because it was so degraded, it was badly, um, this really hurts my heart as a fan of the film, it was so badly archived, it was so, it was so terrible, they can't craft together a quote-unquote director's cut from all the footage, so... That will never happen, unfortunately, because well, the studio, the studio, the studio never archived the footage properly, and then for some reason it has been gone to the four corners of the fucking world. Uh, nowadays, obviously, there's better archiving, but it wasn't. Well, they were. They were able to get off. They were able to get a. They were able to get an HD transfer off of a rotted videotape for Friday the 13th, too. Like a VHS tape. They had to, like, take it apart and bake the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so... Well, I'm saying there's a chance. Because if they yeah. were able to... After after they were able to do that, maybe they were like, well, let's take a real crack at it. I'd be willing to check out what they, uh, what they have for Shout. Uh, 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 shout uh, but I'm not... I'm not holding any candle to 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 that, but let's go over to Brandon uh, and uh, get his uh, uh, first. Uh, was this a first time watch for you, Dave? Just oh. one second, Brandon, baby, check goddamn DMs. I'm then texting you. <laughs> oh well, um, let me check real quick here. Uh, um. So while he's doing that, director chose not to direct Mortal Kombat Annihilation in order to work on this film. He chose wisely. Agreed. <laughs> um, but uh, apparently, uh, uh, and uh, uh, this I, I want to say before uh, uh, before we get uh, Brandon's, uh, um, evidently uh, the um, uh, the 
scenes that were missing that uh, are apparently there's more backstory for Cooper and Justin, including a stronger explanation for Justin entering the black hole. Um, a deleted uh, backstory of the relationship between um, Stark and Miller. Uh, additional scenes explaining what the gateway to hell or black hole is, and Miller finding a tooth floating in Event Horizon. A longer version of the scene in which Peter hallucinates that her son's mangled legs are covered in maggots. Uh, a scene in which Weir um, hallucinates that Justin turns his into his wife Claire, and a bloodier version of Weir's wife Claire's suicide. A longer version of the scene where Miller finds DJ's dead body with his guts on the table and a longer version of the visions from hell scene uh, during Miller's final fight with Weir uh, with more shots of event horizon crew being tortured. So, those are the things, some of the I things mean, are missing. <laughs> I feel like with event horizon, like there's, a, I will say this, there are only a handful of movies that I will say that feel like an acid trip gone wrong. Event Horizon is one of the films. The other film is Gothic. And I hope to God at some point that we can talk about that with Movies Galore or my YouTube channel or whatever. But Event Horizon definitely feels like I took I, I took some bad drugs and Gothic oh, the Mary Shelley thing? Yes! Yeah, that, oh, movie's, yeah, pretty, that movie's pretty cool. Oh my god. You know that movie? Yeah, I have that movie. It's on Best Friend Video. It's on Best Friend oh Video. Dustin, we'll talk about this like later on this weekend, okay? Because <laughs> okay. I got no one else in this fucking movie but me, but okay. Well, it came, out to, um, it came out on the Best Friend Video series, so people know about it. Well, uh, I'm aware of that, but I'm old, and you're like little and young. I'm just didn't know that people knew that fucking movie because no one that I fucking know knew that fucking movie. Anyways. I feel like that Event Horizon is an acid trip gone bad because uh, you, you know, they, it starts off with, you know, they, they're this kind of sort of military group like, oh, we're going to go in and save this, you know, no, 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 we're going to go in there. They're be all badasses. About, they're not really happy about going to begin with because they were pulling oh, off no. shit that they were doing to begin with, with just to do this detail. <laughs> well, speaking from a military background, I'm not military, but my whole family fucking was almost, some of my oldest brother. Um, <clears throat> when you're on leave, you're on leave, and you're promised that leave, and then it's like, oh, PT Doves, yeah, I know you're only going to leave for five minutes, I'm going to pull you away, we have an emergency, you know, rescue, and from anyone who knows anything about space, we're sending you not just out to space, but to Neptune, and they're like, oh, <laughs> so, not only is my break interrupted, you're going to put me into some shit that's really far out, and if we, like, have a problem, we're fucked. Yeah. Well, we're going to up your pay. Well, fuck my pay. So, I... <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I understand, like, already that the crew is like, you know what, we don't want to really fucking be here. And so when 
you know, uh, Sam Neill's character says, well, the distress that we got was from the Event Horizon. If you read the title cards in the beginning of the movie, Event Horizon disappeared, like, you know, almost a decade previously. And so that's why the crew is like, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> they, they reacted pretty harshly to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then so. the one black dude's like, Skipper, you pull me off a leaf with this shit? <laughs> right. <laughs> I love him. Uh, well, um, let's get uh, let's get Brandon's uh, opinion here. Um, what was your uh, first uh, response to this movie? Or, uh, or was this a first time watch for you? Uh, no, it wasn't a first time watch uh, by any means. Um, it was a what do they call it? Um, uh, Kim actually, I've been uh, going out with her for a while, and. Uh, she, I always like to always gravitate to movies where we have, um, uh, for anybody that I uh, talk with, I look at what they like. I, I try and get into that, try and, of course, expose them to what I like. And she was talking about Event Horizon, and I picked up a copy from Movie Stop, uh, uh, May the Rest in Peace, and decided I'd go ahead and watch it. You know, I'd seen Hellraiser at the time, and I had, uh, you know, it couldn't be worse than that. And to me, it really wasn't as bad as Hellraiser. Still, I, I still hold to that. But I, I did enjoy what I had seen. Apparently, it didn't hold with me as long as it should have. Uh, but I had seen it a couple of times because I've watched it occasionally with her. Uh, 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 throughout the years, but I think it was probably what within the, I think it was the first year we were dating because I think uh, you'd show me that you'd show me Gothic and um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Those were three that I remember particularly from that first year we were uh, uh, that we were going. Wait, out are there. are you talking about the one with uh, Robert De Niro? Robert De Niro? Uh, yeah, because mm -hmm. I remember you recommending that hard. Um, Really? Yeah. Um, believe it or not. <laughs> okay. I don't remember that. It's been like a decade, but okay. I, was, <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of that one. Okay, uh, Dustin? No, you can never stay in our house if you're a visit Virginia. I love that movie. So <laughs> there, was, there was one scene that like bothered me like extra hard. Okay, so quick, which scene was it? Um, where they just where the mob like hangs the girl. Oh, oh, oh just seen. Okay. Yeah, that was too much for me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 That was that was pretty uh, pretty harsh for uh, for that kind of a sentiment, but it was showing the that was pretty fucked up. Okay. It was showing the of what people would do around that time, and that that is the reality of of how small towns folk would have reacted in that time period. Uh, I mean, people were paranoid. I mean, that was Salem witch trials time, you know. So <laughs> um, there, there are just yeah. some things that, like, if if it happens in a movie, I'm just like, no. Yeah, there are but, some things. <laughs> in any case, so um uh. We have this plot where um, uh, this crew has been uh, sent after the, the this ship that has been uh, that has disappeared, and um, they the go Horizon mysteriously reappears. 
And they go on the years. basis of a recording that apparently when when you listen to it, you hear the the benevolent uh, screams of uh, what appears to be a woman, and then uh, under uh, under all that, um, they apparently get some Latin uh, that uh, apparently, mm-hmm. uh, which is why I kind of like the guy, uh, the guy that uh, that translates. Oh, all. Jason Isaac, the doctor. Yeah. Yeah, because um, Latin is a super exotic fucking language. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's why I actually like, you know, I remember like watching it because, you know, Laura Tushman's like, and he like, I'm like, why is he saying Latin with an accent? Right. <laughs> again, we were all in high school. Some of us were in high school. I'm like, you don't need to say Latin with an accent, boo-boo. That's French and Spanish that we're all <laughs> learning in high school. Why are you saying with an accent? Okay, do you, do you, boo-boo. <laughs> <So, laughs> and then, of course, I had some of my friends who actually did take Latin. They were like, well, oh, well, actually. And remember, this movie <laughs> is pre-Matrix with Lawrence Fishburne. So, uh, yeah, so. they're bad, but still. <laughs> <laughs> And it was also pre, like, the doctor, I could not not see. Like, when I see Jason Isaacs, I cannot not think of Lucius Malfoy and also Hook, you know, some of his later roles. Like, and it was really interesting seeing him play just the one of the nice guys, one of the good characters. <laughs> well, and uh, it's interesting because Jason Isaacs, doesn't he uh, play in one of the Alien movies uh, later on? Um, the, 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 I can't I th- remember. I thought that he might have played in late, uh, one of in, eh, maybe not. Yeah, he doesn't have any any alien any alien credentials. Okay, that, uh, I, I, then I'm thinking of a totally different uh, different dude. That kind of looks like him. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, I I kind of remembered the last alien alien that came out. He he was like a android or, or whatnot, and he just kind of looked like him. Or, wasn't anyway, that, um, wasn't that you talking about like the um, the more like the Prometheus and whatever? Like um, those? that was you talking about the like, Michael Fassbender uh, Alien Covenant with Michael Fassbender. Yeah, yeah. that was not Jason Isaacs though. I'm, uh, yeah. I feel like he has on a role like that though. I can't remember. Hmm. But in any case, um, as the as the film progresses and as the the plot thickens, um, <laughs> they they have sent a couple of their team onto. They actually, I, I just want to mention this. Uh, they are put put each other in hyperspace, and then uh, the doctor he gets a dream uh, a dream, and he wakes up from the dream. And then he wakes up from it again, uh, and uh, suddenly, like he's on the floor, um, and everybody is awake. And it's a nightmare within a nightmare within a nightmare. We correct, all had correct, an inception, an inception conundrum, um, mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, and then um, shortly after that, that they end up running into Event Horizon, the ship. It's like suddenly there. It, 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 you know, and it's right there. You know, so 
Um, but they send a, a part of their crew over to investigate. One of them being the young Justin. Um, which, um, what do people think of Justin? Uh, actually, I was going to say, <laughs> with the sleep thing, real quick, does any, did anybody get, like, uh, again, I may be uh, an old cinephile, I guess you could say, but uh, <laughs> did anybody uh, actually get, like, Planet of the Apes vibes, like the original Planet of the Apes, when they went into the cryosleep, that, that kind yeah. of thing. I almost thought when they did that nightmare thing, where he would wake up and find one of his members no. died because they because the thing the died. Uh, the no. thing they it is so good. <laughs> I don't even really get baby. Uh, no. I think you're alone on that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of get, uh, getting a uh, Lost in Space remake kind of a vibe here here with that uh, that uh, hyperspace re, uh, re reawakening, uh, but uh, but uh, and realizing that there's something wrong, you know, um, or, or something like that. Uh, that, but uh, that's neither here nor now. I, I think uh, basically Lawrence Fishburne's character, he's kind of like the leader of this this crew. Mm -hmm. Um, he goes to, uh, goes over to the other ship. So does Justin, and I think mm -hmm. uh, the the other black uh, crew member mm -hmm. uh, ends up going o over to investigate. Uh, while, why, he while... why he got to be black? <laughs> Actually, this this factors back to our previous discussion on Resident Horror, where you have uh, you know the the black character who's not the lead character. Uh, and you have the guy, uh, you asked our impressions of Justin. Justin yeah. could have been Johnny Redshirt. He, <laughs> he, he really was Johnny Redshirt. I mean, that really is his only role in the movie, is to be the poor kid that bites it first. Well, and it, he doesn't really bite it, but he almost does. According to some of the deleted scenes or cut scenes, supposedly we got more to his backstory. So, uh, so yeah. I feel like... I feel like we are not seeing it, it, it. We're like seeing half a movie here, you know. Uh, where I, I thought it hung together tolerably well. I, uh, it, it, it did. Like I was muted. I did not realize this shit. I was yeah. saying like they even called him Baby Bear. Like yeah. at that time, the horror. I hate to say it. They had to have certain things. Yeah, mm -hmm. for strong male character, which was Lawrence Fishburne. You mm -hmm. had your, your, your kind of like nerdy guy, which is Sam Neill. You had your hot, semi-hot female character, which was Julie Richardson. Right. You had your comic relief, which was the very buff, fine-ass motherfucker. <laughs> and then you had your Richard T. Jones. Yes, I couldn't remember his name because yeah. I, oh, oh, I hate him in a Medea movie. He's in a Medea movie. I fucking hate him. He's an asshole in that Medea movie. It uh. is. Then you had your young slash quote unquote inexperienced character, which I highly doubt that the Justin character, if he was fitting to the stereotype, that he would not be on that team. There's no <laughs> fucking way, given Lawrence Fishburne's character, for what we know about him, that he would have some inexperienced rookie on mm -hmm. his team. <laughs> so Justin clearly <laughs> has skill. He's you know belongs there, but. Oh, you know, he is the youngest member. They call him Baby Bear. Yep. And I love, I love how the actor's name is Jack Noseworthy. <laughs> 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 yes, 
And apparently one of his uh, more illustrious film credits was Barb Wire. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, but in any yeah. case, uh, we have Justin well, who, who... Well, I guess we can continue on with uh, Kim's talk of the stereotypes. You know, Jason Isaacs is the... Him and Kathleen Quinlan are the medical professionals, you know, but they're, you know, they're kind of the oh, straight, yeah. they're kind of the straight man to all the other stuff. And then Sean Pertwee is the brash, militaristic, yes. loud mouth. he just happens to be English. really uh, no yes. control to his language when, uh, when <laughs> he wants to, uh, to, uh, to pretty much. He's kind of no filter. He's kind of uh, uh, yeah. No boss. It's got women. <laughs> I think I'm almost uh, in a way when I was thinking of him. What's that? Uh, I almost thought of a of a Jason Statham like character. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I he, he think was that's kind of what Jason Statham's been going for for twenty years. I also remember him from a BBC uh, thing that maybe might have had two seasons called Demons uh, that, uh, that ran a, a couple of uh, a couple of seasons. Uh, on I think the I BBC know what you're camp. talking about, actually. Yeah, um, I remember him from that before um, Gotham, and uh, he played an interesting character there uh, there too. Uh, but uh, he, he played a sidekick character. I think he also played. Um, one of the characters in the new Sherlock Holmes as well. Um, uh, the, yes, the one. he played um, 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 the, the detective. The detective that they work with. Yes, he was on. Oh shit! On on the show Sherlock. On not yeah. Elementary, but he was on. Yeah, Sherlock. Yeah, well, no, no, well, elementary. It wasn't Elementary. It was it Elementary. elementary. Yeah. Yes. Elementary. Oh, shit! I, I'm sorry. I confuse Elementary with the actual like Sherlock show mm -hmm. because they happen at the same time they kind of are yeah. the same fucking thing but yeah, yeah he plays uh the british detective who yep. was using sherlock to for his career yep yes fucking yes i can remember my <laughs> what is the name of the detective it's been so long <laughs> One thing that has me curious is apparently the debut film from this director is a bit of uh, British down and dirty ultra violence called Shopping yep, that stars uh, Pertwee Law. and Jude Law. I may have to see that eventually. I don't know. Oh, I know course. I have it around here somewhere. Hmm? I just haven't watched it. Hmm. I, like, I don't know I have it around here somewhere. It's like hmm. it's hanging around somewhere. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, it's like I picked up uh, many of these films that some of these directors have uh, directed, and I, I haven't even watched some of uh, them. It's just collecting dust, waiting to be watched. So, <laughs> okay, so Dave, Dave, that's like the time that I got drunk on like New Year's, and I told Brandon and Jacob and some friends around, I was like, "Oh, we were, I don't know how we we're talking about like uh, porn," and I was like. Yeah, I have the uncut version of Caligula. It's downstairs somewhere in the movie room. <laughs> and everyone's like, wait, what? And I was like, oh, you didn't? You never heard about Caligula? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I went on a drunken it. tangent about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, so we have Justin. Back to Event Horizon. 
<laughs> Event Horizon, and he has gotten himself into the, uh, what they call the center uh, or nucleus uh, or the center of the of the, of the ship. And uh, he, there's, there's this sphere within, like this half like sphere, this very menacing hallway. Yeah, and. and the, it's a circular room. Uh, it's got spikes, spikes uh, that uh, that uh, come uh, come out uh, mm-hmm. around. Do you remember? One that of the guy characters guy makes a comment that it looks like a meat grinder. <laughs> yeah. I can't that. Okay. Yeah. Every single carnival that I know, the uh, street carnival of uh, uh, that brings rides to, uh, to their carnival has this spaceship that you go in, and you, and you. Lie yourself against the, uh, the wall, and the uh, and the thing spins, and you go yes. up in the air, and that's mm-hmm. what it kind of reminded me of. I had a bang. There's like there there. Um, I think I know what you're talking about because what you described sounds a lot like a ride they had at King's Dominion that I loved. But there's actually also like that optical illusion tunnel that I know we saw that at the Ripley's Museum in Myrtle Beach. And they do a similar thing um, when they do the Berry Farm uh, Halloween things, which I guess we won't be doing this year, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah. yeah, those things, I know, I've walked those tunnels. And they said in the trivia that Lawrence Fishburne couldn't make the walk without getting woozy. I oh, believe wow. it, because you just... <laughs> those things <laughs> mess with you. <laughs> I mean, oh, it's atmospheric enough. I mean, ask Brandon when we went to Myrtle Beach and we did the whole, uh, God, what the fuck was it? It was a Ripley's We Were Not. They had a zombie apocalypse haunted walking <laughs> oh, thing. We got about five minutes, we got five minutes in and I was like, nope, I'm black and fuck this shit. <laughs> I'm no better. And then well, I saw a full size exit. I went barely to the fucking exit. I'm <laughs> like, standing there is like, Holding me, and, my, and meanwhile, my fucking husband is like, "Babe, come back through." I'm like, "I don't trust you." This black man's holding me. He's just like, "It's okay, it's okay." And I'm like, "I can't do it. I can't do it." <laughs> well, no. at this no. point, I wonder if Paul Anderson had taken this strictly from the second half of uh, Alice in Wonderland through the Looking Glass. Uh, <laughs> Where you, you, where you kind of get this moment where this machine turns on and there's this black hole in the middle of that sphere, and he walks up to it, puts his hand through, and he's literally grabbed from whatever is on the other side, and whatever whatever that did, it 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 tugged. On him mm-hmm. and uh, the metal line that he he was connected mm-hmm. to basically ruptured the hull of the ship that uh, mm-hmm. they had come in on. You know, it, it, all kinds right. of sparks flew and uh, shit like that. What this is weird? Shockwave comes from the hole and it tears up their ship and causes a lot of random damage. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty lucky that they they're able to pull Justin out of that thing too. Like, he comes out, he's, like, catatonic. Mm-hmm. Well... Like, he's alive, he but he can't talk. Well, and he doesn't exactly come back the same, either. It's like, mm-hmm. whatever happened to him on the other side, uh, 
it has possessed him, you know, mm-hmm. in a, a, a sense. And uh, pretty soon here, we uh, we get to see mm-hmm. the, the cast, this cast of characters start to go through mm-hmm. some changes. So, uh, so, real, so real quick, though, let's let's pause and say lesson here for the kiddies at home. If you are in a room that looks like a meat grinder, mm-hmm. and this thing they call the core suddenly comes to life, and you see this whirling blob of something, and you don't know what it is, don't stick your hand in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like uh, you don't stick your hand in the cookie jar, you know? It's, it's one of those it's things. just like that. <laughs> But uh, in any case, we uh, we get Dustin got some really good cookies for his trouble. And at some point, <laughs> at, at some point in between all of this, they they degravitize uh, gravitize the the whole ship because uh, in order to do whatever uh, to get their ship back in order, they've got to come back uh, onto Event Horizon to get it, uh, and uh, they start experiencing. Things that have happened in their past, like the one way having hallucinations. Correct, correct. Uh, and because I, the ship has, as we come to find out, the ship itself has changed from its journey to um, the other dimension, mm-hmm. and it's become kind of a living thing. So it can show you like what you're afraid of and like mess with you. Which kind of reminds me of uh, oh, oh god. Uh, uh, there was th- that. Um, trying to think of the uh, oh, Farscape. Farscape had that ship that was the creature, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a living, uh, living organism that they were in. And uh, I mean, it's it's not as similar as this. This is more like uh, like a possessed ship from <laughs> Dementia X. <laughs> you know? So, in a in a very right. real sense, you could say this is a haunted house movie in space. And that, that's know. kind of what Paul Anderson was trying to go uh, go for. Mm. Uh, for. Uh, just, I think it kind of launched into this space uh, t- uh, time continuum thing. So. It got weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, one thing that I don't know if anyone's brought up, but they've mentioned a couple points early on that when they do like the bio scans and whatever, they get these weird readings where it's like the whole ship seems to react to the scan and they really have no idea what that's on about. So, and I think they also mentioned that uh, there are some life forms that, uh, that they can't exactly quite pinpoint down what they well, are. That's what I'm talking about. It's not really life forms. Exactly. They, they get. get the scans that, Say there should be life where they are not really sure. Is there? Is that what? <laughs> yeah. Life readings. Right, exactly. And, yeah. hmm. and one of the uh, one of the visions that, uh, that seems to, uh, seems to happen is to the electable doctor, uh, the the one who created the ship himself, which is apparently visions of his wife Claire, uh, mm-hmm. which apparently. I mean, we get like snippets of uh, what he's beginning to see, but eventually we get uh, get to see kind of a, a moment where she actually supposedly killed herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, uh, apparently, we uh, on the whatever cut, 
that uh, we get a longer scene from that, but, uh, uh, but we get this shortened version where, where it looks like mm -hmm. she slips herself in, cuts her, uh, cuts her uh, uh, arms, and we get kind of a, mm -hmm. a ghostly haunting here, here mm -hmm. out of room 236. So. <laughs> Isn't, um, actually, that... Um, I'm going to sound really silly, but my brain is fried right now. That was a room from The Shining, right? Yeah. <laughs> supposedly, the, supposedly yeah. the original draft of the screenplay was supposed to be, quote, The Shining in Space. That was kind of the original thought uh, that they had. But um, I did want to mention, hey, getting back to the Kubrickian films, um, Dave, you had mentioned 2001 earlier. Isn't Sam Neill's first hallucination when he climbs into the tunnel in that room? Correct. Yeah. So did anyone else get a feeling like as he was going in there going, just hearing, good morning, Dave. You know, <laughs> I was kind of thinking that like was, that. That was Independence Day. Huh? And that was Jeff Goldblum, not Sam Neill. The what? No, 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 no. I was just talking about like th that was a uh, 2001 when he went in to fix the uh, circuit board or whatever. Uh, oh, he was okay. talking to Hal the whole time. And so I just was thinking about how <laughs> the, the computer, uh, uh, the yeah. computer uh, saying "Good morning, Dave." Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I could have, I could have seen that. I, it's been some time since I've but right. Uh, I, the reason why I mentioned that is be, uh, because not only do we uh, get a, a sense of isolation here, we uh, we get. Uh, get a sense of you know th uh, these guys are out here and uh, they're possibly lonely, you know. Mm -hmm. So and uh, you, you kind of get that vibe from two thousand one with, uh, with mm -hmm. the, the astronauts and all that jazz. But mm -hmm. um, but we continue forward he here. I mean, uh, 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 the other one that seems to be um, fairly. Um, fleshed out uh, as far as a vision uh, or a hallucination is the one that we get of Lawrence Fishburne's character where we have a moment between him and Jason Isaacs and uh, it, it, he, he's sitting down and he's telling him about this uh, uh, this time during zero hour where one of, his, uh, one of the members that he was taking care of underneath his command he had to leave behind and they were on fire, mm -hmm. and uh, it, just him describing uh, uh, this it was a very emotional scene, to, uh, and uh, uh, to hear from him. What do you uh, guys? Uh, what did you guys think of that? Well, I think that definitely plays to the the character. I mean, let's be real here. We don't get a lot of backstory with a lot of the characters. Um, you know, we get more with um. Oh gosh. Uh, Sam Neill's character. We get a lot more backstory with him. Obviously, he worked a lot, and that drove his wife to to do what she did. But we don't get a whole lot of backstory with the other characters, you know. But with Miller, he has a lot of guilt with his crewman that was under his command, and there was an accident, and he could have chosen to save his crewman and risk everyone else's life or 
sacrificed that one crewman to save everyone else. And mm-hmm. he chose to, he chose the latter. And that was something that very, that very much weighed on his mind, on his spirit. And mm-hmm. when you get to, spoiler alert, when you get to the end of the film, he decides, fuck it. I'm going to sacrifice myself and save mm-hmm. the other people that are still here, you know? Mm-hmm. That's probably more character development than we could ever have gotten. <laughs> <laughs> most, uh, most assuredly. And in the same moment, we get Jason Isaacs, who uh, apparently has uh, re-listened uh, to the original audio recording and has found out uh, that uh, the words uh, uh, actually mean save yourself uh, from yeah what were the exact translation save yourself save from... yourself and then uh, it was liberate me is what they you know they thought originally and it was liberate tuta me and then save yourself and then he listened to the rest of it save yourself from hell mm-hmm. correct and uh, which which is ex a totally different... Sorry. Ex infernum. Uh, ex infernum, I believe it was. Because um, um, if you think about, uh, about it, you get this, uh, uh, the Ocularis Infernum from 13 uh, uh, Ghosts. I, I figure it's kind of similar to that. <laughs> but, uh, well, uh, which meant the Eye of Hell in 13 Ghosts. So. Right. But... Yeah. Um, we get an entirely different meaning to what the uh, what the per- person was in fact saying. They weren't saying uh, saying "come save me, uh, save me." They were saying "save uh, save yourself, get the fuck out of Dodge." Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> so, what did you, you guys think when that uh, when that was uh, said? I was like, yeah, damn right, you want to get out of there. <laughs> like Skyrim, you never should have come here. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's at that point where, where I think that, that they've done whatever they can to the ship. They're start, uh, starting to gather up supplies and, and bring it back to the ship. And then mm-hmm. one of the fema- uh, females apparently also has a couple of visions, apparently of her son, which I was kind of getting a little Georgie in the sewer kind of a vibe for, uh, from it. Uh, kind of with him in the raincoat, uh, but uh, although it wasn't exactly yellow, he was running around, uh, around, around anyway, ways doing all uh, that. We all float well, down here, kind of. Shit thing, so. never, shit never goes right when you start listening children. No, she definitely didn't float. She definitely fell. But <laughs> no, um, I mean, I I always hate when you have these situations where. You have the motherly, because they call her mama bear. You have the motherly figure, and she starts hallucinating children, particularly her own children, or um, someone who's died that was close to them. I'm like, this is not going to fucking end well. Yeah. We're going to be upset about her death. She's going to fucking <laughs> die. I see it already. And, I mean, I, ugh, that's one of the things that I hated about this movie, is that it was practically beating you over the head, like, She's the you know maternal one. They call her mom mm-hmm. bear. Oh, oh, here, hint, hint. You know, wink, wink. And actually, Lawrence Fishburne makes a big deal about saying, "Oh, I'm sorry that I couldn't you know 
still ex- extend your leave, but I'm sorry. She's like, it's okay. My ex is going to take him for Christmas. So, oh, so you have a kid. Okay. I'm sure that will never be mentioned again, ever, in this whole fucking movie. But, uh, <laughs> and he's mentioned many times again. Yeah. And then, of course, after that, uh, th- uh, that is where we, uh, where we get, uh, uh, the uh, the other guy who uh, who has gone back to the ship with the other uh, the, uh, the other supplies and of course the uh, uh, the um, uh, other complimentary black character um, is outside uh, uh, side and when that thing explodes he goes somersaulting through the air on this thing I love that part uh, and where uh, where he's like okay uh, oh, shit was happening to me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love this part be- uh, because he, he re- realizes that uh, that like he's tumbling through space and he's got to get back to the sh- uh, ship and he's like uh, uh, like okay uh, le- uh, let's uh, push the earth uh, thing and then he's uh, and then when he suddenly appears he's like I'm back you motherfuckers <laughs> here I come motherfucker <laughs> right he's like the comic Jesus, that, is so that was that was very goofy it was. It was almost kind of. It was kind of out of place, actually. I thought. I felt like uh, he was trying. I, mean, to, I, I enjoyed it anyway, but I felt like he was trying to be like an Eddie Murphy kind of a character. So uh, yeah, like they tried to shoehorn it's a very Eddie Murphy moment. Like shoehorn comedic relief uh, in a lot of these particular movies, and uh, sometimes I don't think it's even needed. I, I really don't feel like. Uh, comic relief was needed. They could have done a better uh, job making the character less of a stereotype and probably more of a uh, an active character with the crew. True, uh, but yep. then uh, then of course we've also got the uh, the bomb situation where they realize that uh, that one of the bombs has been taken from the the event horizon. He's looking around uh, uh, for the bomb, Smith. Uh, and uh, he, 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 the uh, the moment of realization when when it's counting down from five, four, you know, he's like, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so let me just let me just like preface this. Like when Brandon and I were rewatching this again the other night, I was like, "I see a button that says fucking disable." Why are you crying like a bitch? Hit the button, motherfucker! I was like, <laughs> "It says disable clearly." And he's just like, <laughs> I'm like, no! Kim, Kim, you what? should know from your job that people don't read. Oh, man. <laughs> but this is not some order. This guy can fucking rebuild a goddamn spaceship in space. In deep space. And he's just sitting there looking at a bomb that still had like six seconds left. And he's like, <laughs> You had time to draw tears. Really, <laughs> you had time to see that button to people. Because I know we did. And I said, babe. I was like, babe. And I'm like waking Brandon up because he was like half asleep. I'm like, I never noticed that before. He was like, huh? I said, pause this shit. Rewind. He was like, huh? It says disabled. Huh? <laughs> And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and 
really, it was a gripping movie. <laughs> I was so mad. Uh, but anyway, anyways, uh, after that, we uh, we um, well, actually, um, I just want to go backwards. Um, there is the moment where, uh, where we get the, uh, we get the uh, Justin character who. Um, evidently he, he's pushed the outdoor, outdoor button while under the influence of this, uh, whatever has possessed him. And then he's got that one moment of clarity where, where he's like, please open the door. Like, you what know? am I doing here? So he's going to kill himself by jumping out, by basically jumping out the airlock mm -hmm. and he presses the button to open the airlock and then he kind of snaps out of it. So he's like, what am I doing here? Guys, help. And it's a pretty effective scene. Um, it's effective, but it's almost pointless because because you, you're you're like yelling at at them like bring him back in. You know he's gonna die. <laughs> you know he's I out there in, in, in the atmosphere of space, and you know that without a spacesuit, his skin is gonna like eventually deteriorate. It's going to malfunction, you know. He's obviously, even if you try to save him, he's going to die. I try this movie was kind of like the precursor to, uh, what's that freaking movie with uh, uh, George Clooney and uh, Sandra Bullock? Gravity. Gravity. Yes, and people are like, oh, well, if you were to actually get launched into space, this would happen eventually. And it's like, this movie is a precursor of that. I remember that scene, like, no, but I saw Superman 2 or whatever, and Lois Lane, was, she was okay, and then you see his veins start to, like, bulge, and like, oh, he is not okay. Oh, this shit is real. And then, like, I remember doing some little research on it, and I'm like, oh, okay, so space is, like, my nightmares. <laughs> More like Apollo 18. Than anything else. <laughs> oh, that that horror movie! Yeah, I forgot about that movie. Ooh. <laughs> Did anyone actually think Total Recall, where uh, they would have those scenes oh. where they're yeah, getting out I didn't, I didn't and uh, into uh, Mars atmosphere and just explode? Right. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Wasn't crazy about that. <laughs> I had corpse. Don't forget corpsicle. Hmm. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, that was a cool moment. Yep. Uh, there's a frozen body of one of the crew, of one of the former crew members aboard the Event I, Horizon, and I it just kind of that may have actually been the, the captain. Yeah, I, I believe so. And uh, and you get a couple of mo uh, moments where, uh, where you, uh, you get some of these characters who, um, like Justin and um, uh, Sam Neill's character, th their eyes have been. Uh, basically, ta been taken from them. Yeah, I didn't care for that either. <laughs> oh, that's great. What well, you're going, you don't see. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in any case, uh, we um, after that, uh, after that moment where uh, where the bomb has gone off uh, and uh, uh, stuff. We we get the sense that uh, that uh, the ship won't let them leave, um, and so, uh, so the character of Lawrence Fishburne ends up fine. Fuck this shit. I'm gonna go uh, go turn on all the bombs, 
and then we're going to get the uh, and then we're going to uh, uh, going to hide in these little cryo space uh, sh uh, sheds, and we're going to wait for help. Uh, so uh, so he go uh, goes turn uh, uh, arms the whole shit, and then he gets haunted by his hallucinatory uh, th thing, which turns into uh, the uh, the uh, Sam Neil character. And uh, uh, what, what do we think about that ending? Actually, he got he got possessed. After, because um, remember, like um, the you know Lawrence Fishburne all and make the crew, they see what happened to Event Horizon's crew, and he was like, "Fuck this shit," and you know he's like, "Not," nah, uh -uh. and you know he's like, "We're gonna like you know go to a safe distance and launch tack missile missiles at Event Horizon," and I would never forget. He said, "Fuck this shit." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a black man right there for you, because that's exactly what I would say, like, fuck this shit. And after that, that was when, you know, Miller was like, no, 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 not Miller, um, god damn, oh, what was the goddamn character's name? Where? He was like, no, you can't do this, and he, you know, goes running to whatever, he disappears, and then... Uh, Kathleen Quinnan's character gets killed by the entity, the your spirits, whatever. And then Weir finds her body and he's just like, oh, no, 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 no. And then he, of course, starts hallucinating his wife, his dead wife, and then he gets possessed, killed, whatever you're going to call it. And that's when he, his, whatever, plants the bomb on uh, the I'm about to say the Nebuchadnezzar. Smith. I forgot. That's Matrix. <laughs> what was the uh, name of the ship? The Lewis and Clark. Yes. Oh, Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark. The uh, other ship. The rescue ship. Yeah. yeah. Again, I I'm sorry. I confused it with Matrix. That's why I said Devin Desert. But, you know, he mm. plants a bomb that kills off um, English guy, yes. the black guy hurling, and then we get, you know, up to date with the other ship. But... And here's the butt part. I hmm. think that oh, I remember asking myself, like, why is it that Samuel's character he is more? I don't know the word here for it. Uh, sensitive, sort of, to the possession of Event Horizon, and it's like, oh, well, because he invented the uh, ship, well, he created it. I'm like, no. He's kind of the only one that we get a backstory for besides Miller. Well, he's got nothing else to care for. His wife killed herself, so... Uh, I, uh, the only she thing killed he herself, asked, if you want to believe me, she killed herself because of his work. Because he was away so much. She could have had her own problems, too, so... Uh, oh, but that, that being said, uh, I mean, to me... You kind of have to be kind of fucked up if you didn't realize the shit was going to happen. Uh, 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 and, uh, there could have been some signs. I don't know. We didn't get too much backstory into the reasons why uh, uh, why she kill, uh, killed herself all too often. You know? yeah, there, are, uh, there are probably some things that were missing. Like, like I said earlier, there were a lot of things that didn't make it into the movie that could have... Uh, and probably could have answered some questions that were there. Still, I think that it was a, an interesting plot line in general. I mean, 
looking at the various uh, losses, everybody had the <laughs> inside, which was one of the things that Dustin put pointed out was that that was what it did. It brought out the darkness, and I, I thought that was great using that against the person. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, he wanted to see his wife more often, uh, more often, and uh, and we got that moment where she was like, "Now you're with me," you know. And uh, it was at that moment that I think he just kind of snapped and was like, well, fuck, fuck it. I'll just ro- roll with the program, you know, so. <laughs> um, but um, I, I really like the special effects. Uh, well, the, the makeup that, that they did for, uh, for, uh, for him um, when it came down to showing the darkness inside of him. Oh, Mark inside and stuff like that went on the skin like the tattoos or whatnot yeah and, and the fact that it, ma- it it made it look like they shaved his head <laughs> <laughs> they were copying hellraiser definitely with that one yeah i i, I was definitely getting it yeah he really that. looked like a cenobite at the end of the movie definitely. so um uh that being said uh, uh, after uh um, Lawrence Fishburne grabs the uh, the uh, the button. The ship, uh, the not only uh, well, the the tunnel to the ship explodes. Um, Lawrence Fishburne's plan is to separate the the ship is to break the ship in half, mm-hmm. so that the part with the dimensional gateway um, just goes off on its own, and wait, that wait, wait. his crew can escape in the upper half of the ship, which has, like, the life support stuff. Let me, um, like, pause. Can we just talk about Jason Isaacs and his very fucking gnarly-ass death scene? Please. Uh, That was gnarly. Because there was some debate, I don't know, over the weekend, there was some, some debate between what's more gory, this or Hellraiser? And I was like, and I was like, let me think about that for a second. I'm like, no. And I thought about like, fuck yeah, this is more gory. Come on, guys, this is uh, fucking gory as hell. <laughs> yeah, that was a messed up scene. I would have to say that uh, some of the deaths here are definitely more gory than, uh, than the original Hellraiser itself. Um, uh, uh, I mean, as Jacob said, uh, the flash cut. To me, it's what makes this less gory than Hellraiser. And I say that because Hellraiser extends the gore. You are sitting there looking at that scene where the guy was flayed for, you know, minutes at a time, whereas movie you're looking at it for seconds at a time. So to me, I would say Hellraiser is actually more gory in a lot of aspects. Yes, it doesn't go to the extremes, but hmm. it tends to linger on it a lot longer. Had, had they apparently gotten what apparently the director wanted, then, oh yeah, this will be the... <laughs> I probably wouldn't have watched the movie in that case. <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul Anderson definitely wanted that, uh, that gory R-rated movie. Uh, but the studio execs of Paramount didn't want that, <laughs> per se. Uh, say. So, uh, so I think a lot of uh, the X-rated par- uh, parts got cut, and we got a, a bird's-eye view of 
what the movie could have been. And unfortunately, when they went back and tried to do uh, do all of that, we don't know for sure yet because none of us have the shelf factory copy. <coughs> but that being sa uh, said, I feel like uh, at the end of the uh, uh, movie, with all things being said, I feel like we're only getting half of the movie. To me, um, it, I lo like it. I, lo I like the storyline. I enjoy the characters. <laughs> I enjoyed the special effects of the uh, film. I do believe that it's a, it's its own story, even though at first it could have been a Hellraiser ripoff at the time to people that loved Hellraiser. I mean, diehard Hellraiser fans were uh, definitely saying this was a total ripoff at the time. <laughs> so, um, uh, but uh, I'm getting, uh, uh, getting the vibe that you, Kim, did not get, uh, get that uh, much, uh, uh, much of a hate towards this uh, film as some Hellraiser uh, film lovers. Well, I didn't hate it, but it definitely gives you the Hellraiser vibes. But I did not hate it the way that some Hellraiser fans did. Because, obviously, it has uh, different ideas about it. Um, you know, with Hellraiser, it's a whole idea of you're looking for this forbidden knowledge, this forbidden fruit, which is the Le Marchand box. Um, and, you know, the whole idea with um, Event Horizon is that you're playing God. You know, you're toying with I, with things that you probably should... What was that? Probably spirit. He's getting kind of noisy. I'm like, that was a child. Like, who's got a kid lock <laughs> somewhere? Ooh, Event Horizon. You know, it, it's a whole idea of experimenting, so to speak, with things that you probably shouldn't. Um, which, you can see the similarities between that and Hellraiser. But, again... It's the playing God aspect of it. You know, with uh, Dr. Weir playing and Frankenstein. I felt like Dr. Weir was hiding uh, behind what he actually created to begin with because when he was talking to Lawrence Fishburne and he was asking him about, you know, what, uh, what his, his ship did or uh, what not. He, he's clearly asking him what the fuck happened, and it seems like he kind of knows what yeah. happened. You know? Uh, uh, when you create something, you obviously have a theory about what you're creating it for. You know? I have a feeling with Dr. Weir, he had a theory, but he didn't really know. And also with Dr. Weir, because even though he created Event Horizon, it was sort of the idea that he had never seen it in action. So he didn't really, he's like, yeah, I built it. But when he first, when, remember when they first get to the ship and they first see the ship and he's in awe of it. I'm like, has this dude never seen the actual ship? It's Did he like draw up the architectural designs and the, yes. uh, the, the everything? And then he never actually saw it being built in space a la, you know, Star Trek? You know, what I the fuck? Did anybody appreciate how the ship was built like some kind of temple that you'd see in Alien vs. Predator? Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely something uh, something to behold. I mean, it definitely had 
Um, had a lot of character. Yeah. Yeah, it did. I mean, it's very ominous, definitely. Well, uh, since you said th uh, that, then I could uh, definitely believe that, you know, may maybe he was just the architect and the designer uh, uh, who, who did do Well, the he was the inventor of the, uh, he was the inventor of the core that allowed his folded line points in space uh, dimensional travel to work. Yeah. Um, but was he, in fact, the, uh, the ship's designer itself? Um, Apparently he was. So, so in, uh, if he did, uh, did design all of these, like, in his mind, and then never saw the building of this, uh, this thing, and just knew that it was a covert operation where, uh, where the crew just went out and, uh, just to dis uh, just to man this ship out somewhere. And to me, where they found it was kind of like a Bermuda Triangle in space, you know? <laughs> but um, at least that's what I was thinking. I, I was thinking like Bermuda Triangle in space because uh, it, it, when they first came across it, it was in uh, like some kind of fog, like... Uh, and all of a sudden, you saw the ship like appear behind the fog in space. You know, so I don't know. Um, let's get to the production value of the, uh, uh, this uh, of this film. Well, what what uh, did we touch on? Aside aside from some pretty crummy early CGI, the production value on this was pretty high. Actually, one thing I wanted to say, and I don't want to put you on the, the, the spot necessarily for us, but I know you had said the production value didn't quite hold up for you, so I was just curious as to your opinions on it. Well, it was really, like you were saying, the CGI, it was a CGI, like some of the CGI is definitely very much a product of like the late, you know, the late night. It definitely, it's, it's definitely shows, it's definitely the CGI has definitely showed its age. That was, that was more my, my, more my, uh, what I know, what I noticed, but otherwise, but otherwise it does. It otherwise, you know, a lot of the special effects do still look very good. It's that it's the CG, just maybe the CGI was really my issue. <laughs> I got a kick out of some. Well, of course, it was its infancy at the time. I got a kick out of some of the things that, uh, as they sh uh, started to show some of the ship, like some of the things that were floating around uh, during while there, uh, there was zero gravity on the ship. Like, there was a watch. Uh, <laughs> there were a couple of uh, things I saw flo uh, floating uh, floating uh, there. I mean, um, uh, even the uh, the bubbles of water, you know, or the bubbles of blood or whatever you want to call, uh, call it. You know, some of the things that were floating around, around it, it was interesting to, uh, to see. I, I don't know. It, it, to, to me, it was f fascinating. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe I'm uh, I'm speaking for, uh, from a point where I uh, where I just recently rewatched uh, Star Trek Generations, and you see the floating wine bottle in space. So, <laughs> but uh, I did mind, uh, I did not mind the specs. Uh, I thought that some of them, yes, they were slightly dated, but it didn't bother me a lot. I mean, the island effects, uh, the things that they showed, especially when you saw the, um, now the one that did have me pretty cool and off was the ship. 
I love the design of the ship. The set design was awesome. It was really cool to watch. Very gothic. I think that uh, as far as full-on design goes, they did an excellent job. That gravity drive, again, very creepy. The room was well-designed. Those, those panel rooms where everything was added up, you know, lit up in that kind of uh, greenish-blue hue. Also, very creepy. I, I just thought they did s such an excellent job with it. I think so, too. Um, and uh, I think that it speaks for, its, uh, for itself as far as the uh, designs uh, go. Um, what about special effects? Uh, anyone? Well, uh, well, the effects in this were pretty great. I mean, like, the gore was really convincing and pretty nasty. Um, like we said a moment ago, aside from some dated CGI, uh, everything, at least to me, holds up pretty well. Okay. Um, what about you, Forrest? Uh, the, uh, uh, the special effects of the film? I mean, apart from the dated, C apart from the dated CGI, I, th I thought the special effects were great. Uh, like the ships, um, the set, the set design. Uh, oh, def um, definitely the meat, the meat grinder. Uh, <laughs> for me, that you understand, that was probably the makeup, the makeup work. Uh, especially for like, as as, as you can see, my avatar Sam Neil, like the makeup work they did on Sam Neil, I thought was impressive. Was very impressive. Makeup effects work on Sam Neil was impressive. It really. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I said, "Oh yeah, I agree. I agree, I agree with Sam." Very, very, very disturbing. Well, especially since uh, he was he was evidently changing from uh, nightmare to nightmare. To, uh, I mean, he, he went from Lawrence Fishburne's character's uh, character that he was being haunted by to Sam Neill in like in an instant, and I think they did very well on that particular scene for for. The special effects there, so um, and I think they did uh, did pretty well for the uh, the character of Claire with her red eyes, um, uh, 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 just to ma uh, make her have a creepy effect, you know. So um, uh, uh, what uh, what what do you think, um, uh, Jake? Uh, d did you think the special effects were pretty decent? Jake? Yeah. Sorry, I, I still had the mute on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, like I said, they were good. I didn't really have any strong feelings one way or the other. They were... Y'all pretty much covered it. Yeah, okay. I think we got... Uh, I was I think with we the uh, Uber Eats guy at the uh, door. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what were you talking about? The door, Kim? I was meeting the Uber Eats guy at the door. Sorry. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I think we should move on to music. Uh, yeah. Like this had this had oh a score that to me didn't like... to me the score didn't stand out so much in this. Um because it complemented everything that was going on a little too well. Mm. So when the score mm. was on, like I wasn't I was paying attention to the movie, not the score. So it was one of those ones where it blends into the action. It's kind of surprising for Michael Common because I feel like his scores are always his scores definitely. I mean, at least the scores for um, for movies like *Lethal Weapon*, *Die Hard*, um, *Robin Hood: Prince of Thieves*. 
his scores are always uh, definitely one thing that I always that I, that always stood out, that have always stood out to me. So that was quite a that was a bit of a surprise. And it looks like it also mentions uh, this um, orbital um, a thing along with Michael Common, which apparently they did stuff for the Saints and Johnny Mnemonic and Mortal Kombat and the X Men. Yeah. Um, and Triple X and Hackers. <laughs> it does have one hell of a main, of a main theme. Like that. It's definitely got a hacker feel. It's got the soundtrack. <laughs> I so, like the soundtrack. Uh, but um, I mean, it it, it it flows with the movie, and I, I wasn't really looking at the mu music so much as uh, watching a, a, a film. So next time when I, when I have a future watch, I'll have to try to pay attention to the music. Uh, to, uh, to see how I feel on that, but uh, I, I think that's uh, that's about it. Unless uh, anyone else has anything else to add, nothing pressing. No, nothing. Alrighty. Well, uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, for uh, having this discussion uh, 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 with uh, with me. So uh, why don't we uh, go around and uh, explain who we are? Because after being in that other dimension, we have forgotten who we are. So, um, uh, let's go with uh, you, Dustin. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, uh, I'm a horror collector living here in Milwaukee while I go to school. Uh, I collect horror movies and anything else related to horror <coughs> on my YouTube channel, uh, The Crypt of Horrors. I also have an Instagram, The Crypt of Horrors, and you can f interact with me on Twitter at DerCryptaxis, which uh, I'm going to be changing my name to on my channels at some point. Uh, as for Event Horizon, uh, this was definitely worth seeing, and I'm kind of surprised I put it off for so long. So, I wish I could say I had a favorite scene, but... I just enjoyed the whole thing about the same level. There wasn't anything that really stuck out to me. Uh, so, yeah. Next. Uh, well, let's uh, let's go with you, Kim. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, my name's Kim. I am Septim Sen, otherwise known as Brandon's wife. I have my own YouTube channel, and actually I'm hoping if I can you know, schedule myself properly with work and other stuff going on, to have uh, my next video on my YouTube channel uploaded by Monday. My YouTube channel is called Kim Create Stuff. It's a mixture of many different things, my hobbies and stuff. But my video that I have coming up on Monday will be a, because I'm the only woman here, Mm -hmm. A video of me discussing the Clive Barker Hellbound Heart novella, which is, of course, the book that Hellraiser is based off of, while I'm putting on my makeup. Mm -hmm. So, a little bit of something for the guys and the girls, you know, <laughs> and everyone in between. So, I'm hoping to have all that done by Monday and have it uploaded, so we'll see. And for the month of uh, October, 
fingers crossed, every week I will have a horror-themed book that I'll be discussing while putting on my makeup. So we will see. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. Uh, going over to uh, you, Forrest, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Right, I'm Forrest. I'm uh, I'm based in Long Island, New York. I produ uh, producer on uh, indie horror, upcoming indie horror films such as Camp Murder and Strix. Uh, also, was recent. I also recently appeared in a music video for Trauma, uh, which I'm, uh, it was the, the theme, the, the title theme song for the, for uh, Trauma's Shakespeare Shitstorm, uh, which I'm hoping to share. I'm hoping to share. The, I'm hope, looking forward to sharing the video with you guys when it's completed. Very cool. Um, and, uh, why don't, uh, we go over to you, Brandon, and, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, of course, uh, I'm Septim Sen, the Septim Sen versus the world, uh, and I appreciate Kim being on with us tonight, uh, especially. Um, but, uh, I, of course, uh, have a channel that is devoted to physical media and the love of physical media. We've been kind of uh, kind of cycling through various uh, things ideas, as, as we've been in flux since uh, a flood hit our home and kind of disrupted things. But uh, eventually, things will be back to normal. Uh, of course, uh, we're doing new release videos and pickup videos most weeks. And uh, I have collection uh, tours with something called Rate My Collection which uh, I'm using here, um, the uh, tier market. Well, the software is to rate my stuff, which is kind of cool. And also, I am doing a uh, couple of gameplay through uh, stuff, which is kind of cool. We did a couple of out-of-world uh, playthrough uh, parts. We'll get back to after the season. But we're doing a holiday uh, uh, the uh, uh, Halloween game, which I'm trying to think of the name of, but I am, but I'm lost about that. But every Friday we are going to be doing a different part of that, so that's going to be kind of fun. Also, I work with uh, Inside Movies Galore, and we work with uh, we work on trying to add. Uh, discuss various films, and my hope is to help organize uh, our lineup, which we have an exciting lineup planned, but we have a theme for November, which is Martial Arts Mayhem. It was close. We had uh, Noir November, and, uh, and movies we were thankful for came close, but the people had wanted martial arts, apparently, so November is going to be all about that martial arts stuff. If you are one of our voting sites, which we, which you should join if you have the time, either movie collectors, talk movies with us, Moe's uh, Tavern, or uh, Anime Collectors uh, Inc. All of those are excellent sites. They've all been great with voting. And we're going to have... Uh, posts up for suggestions so you can suggest your movies to possibly be on here 
But thanks to those suggestions, we have our lineup for next week. And that's going to be our pre-show, which is the show, which is the movie American Psycho. And our main show, which is going to be Vampire Hunter D, the 1980s anime classic. <laughs> Very fun stuff to look forward to here. So I hope you would join us next week. Definitely. Uh, how about you, Jake? Tell us who you are. Hi, well, I'm Cody Bookie Jake. I'm co-host of Septum Sin vs. World. And, of course, also uh, also movie collector, fan, what have you. Um, <laughs> spend a lot of time on this channel as well, and uh, Delusions of Grandeur as well. And uh, we, yeah, we've got some good stuff coming up. Um, I guess a uh, martial arts thing may give me a reason to crack open that Bruce Lee set. So uh, that <laughs> might be good. But, um, yeah, that's all I have tonight. Oh. Alrighty. And uh, my name is David Stragi. I'm one of the founding fathers of Inside Movies Galore. So thank you for coming along uh, with our journey through uh, mm -hmm. the film. It has been uh, exciting and uh, pleasurable to share these discussions with uh, you guys and... Uh, it's uh, kind of become uh, like the day that I can just kind of sit back, relax, and uh, just be, you know, in the moment. And uh, um, But I also moonlight under a different channel um, call, uh, called Delusions of Grandeur, where I go on about uh, different films when I can and uh, upload some video footage of... Uh, uh, the videos that I collect, so uh, definitely check out some of those uh, when you get a, cha a chance. Recently, I checked out uh, uh, Stephen Chow's The Mermaid, and uh, <laughs> that was uh, a fun. <laughs> it was a fun movie. <laughs> uh, and uh, I believe I checked out one, uh, one other uh, 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 film. Ooh. So definitely check out the, uh, those two reviews. And uh, I am looking forward to uh, re-checking uh, re out Vampire D, uh, D for the main sh uh, show. And I know that a lot of peop uh, pe people g uh, give American Psycho, uh, psych uh, psycho uh, uh, standing o. Uh, o. So, uh, so um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one as well. So Actually, uh, it's uh, <laughs> that uh, we've forgotten about. <laughs> We're going to do a compilation with our groups. For Halloween, where we are going to uh, set up for that release of that wonderful Friday the 13th set. So next Monday, uh, some of us will be together to do discuss the two fan films, Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just fact, vengeance. So uh, some wonderful stuff. Dustin, uh, I remember you picking up a, a, a character for American Psycho not too long ago. Um, I don't know if you want, uh, want to be on for that for every show, if just to show that character of American Psycho. <laughs> uh, I think I remember you picking up a character for, uh, from that film, right? Or is he gone? <laughs> uh, I'm still here, I think. 
Fashion! What? Oh, oh I, I, I was mentioning you because, uh, because I remembered you picking up an American Psycho character. I was uh, wondering if next week uh, you could uh, show him off. Oh, show off. Uh, uh, yeah, at Half Price yeah. Books one time, I found this huge 18-inch Patrick Bateman figure. <laughs> nice. Oh, uh, uh, your size queen. You even if you don't discuss or anything. Well, I would prefer the uh, I would prefer the normal size figure, but the giant one was Patrick Bateman is difficult to find in figure form, and mm-hmm. it was underpriced by like a hundred dollars. So it was like I am. This is coming with me. <laughs> I, I I figured even if you came on just for a moment to show uh, show that like in the very beginning and then if you didn't want to be part of the discussion mm. at all uh, uh, or whatnot that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I just think we should try to have more concise right. episodes. Yeah, well, it's, I, I'm gonna have to go right now. I gotta get up early tomorrow. Alrighty, night all. Say good night, everyone. This is called a neuralizer. It's a gift from some friends from out of town. This red eye here will isolate the electronic impulses in your brains, and more specifically the ones for memory. Oh, that's good, fellas. Give me a splay burn around the perimeter with holes at 40, 60, and 80 meters from right here. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. What in the hell is going on? Excellent question, and the answer you're looking for lies right here. Who are you? Really? Really? I am just a figment of your imagination. Damn, what a good old breed. <laughs>